We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All the time. Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. All right. Welcome back to the Field of 68's After Dark, presented as always by Bet Rivers. I'm Jeff Goodman. I'm joined by none other than Rob Doster and former UMass head coach Matt McCall tonight. As always, we are live on SiriusXM Channel 84. You can also find us streaming on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, we've got a ton to talk about tonight. Uh, the Big 12 dominated the final SEC Big 12 Challenge, 7-3. Kansas avoided history tonight. Number two, Alabama went down. Tennessee had a huge, huge win over Texas. But let's start, boys, with the headliner game of the night. Kansas, Kentucky, two coaches who don't really like each other. They may not admit it, but Bill Self and Cal Perry do not like one another. And... This was a huge one because, again, Kansas went in and they needed this one bad. Bill Self's never lost four straight since he's been at Kansas in 20 years. And tonight would have been the first time. Kentucky's rolling, Rob. And it's this new lineup playing C.J. Frederick with Antonio Reeves and Kaysen Wallace. And instead, Kansas goes into Rupp and gets a win. What does it say more about that that Kansas, you feel better about them, or we kind of overrated Kentucky a little bit, and now you're not feeling nearly as good, or a combination of the two. All of the above, right? Like I, I don't, I don't think that it necessarily is a uh, like a, a statement on either either one of these teams wholeheartedly. I, I was, I don't think I could be more impressed. One with Jalen Wilson, and two with with the way that some of the guys stepped up around him. Um, frankly, and, and Matt, I'm curious your opinion on this. I think that the the guy that's going to determine what Kansas ends up being this season is going to end up being Dewan Harris, right? The last four games we saw him really struggle to for 18 from the floor. Um, he wasn't great offensively tonight. Like no one's going to confuse him with John Morant after this performance, but he finished with eight points and eight assists. He made two threes early. He forced Kentucky to have to respect him. They tried to play. I don't know if you guys remember this. I think it was 2018 um, in the same game. Uh, what Kentucky did was they just didn't guard Marcus Garrett and they basically gave him like the Andre Jackson treatment and, um, and Kentucky ended up winning that game. 
And it looked like they were trying to do that with DeWan Harris, and then he hit too early, and it forced Kentucky to kind of give up that game plan and start guarding him, which created space and created driving lanes, and it kind of changed the way that the game went. So, I I mean, I, I was really, really impressed. That, that place was rocking, Ooh. right? Like, Rupp is not always the, the, the loudest arena and the loudest building, but that place was rocking tonight, and Kansas – Every time they needed a big bucket, they hit it. Like, I think that's what I really took away from this game was that one team had guys that had been through it and have been to a, a national title game and have won a national title and understood that pressure. And the other team had, you know, Jacob Toppin taking 20, uh, taking 13 footers uh, that were contested with 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you bring up a couple of points. One, the shot making by Jalen Wilson is especially late in the game. I mean, the shot he hit in the corner with the game on the line with a hand in his face. I mean, Jacob Topping was guarding him, and Jacob Topping is not the smallest defender. The shot he made in the corner with the game on the line, to take that shot and have the confidence to shoot that ball in that situation was unbelievable. I think the other point, Rob, you bring up too is like the offensive execution coming down the stretch for Kentucky, right? Like the charge that Toppin picked up, I, don't, I think it was like two minutes to go in the game, whatever it was, like, how is the ball not in Oscar Shigwe's hand at that point in time? Jalen Wilson, it's a three. They come out of the timeout, Kentucky. They run a cross screen. They don't run a ton of cross screens to get Oscar Shigwe the ball on the block. They run a cross screen. Toppin has the ball on the wing. Shigwe's wide open, and he doesn't throw him the ball. And it's like the play is for him to get the ball. <laughs> throw it to him. You know, it's it's the old, like, you know, fake high, go low. You know, fake low, go high. Like, fake a pass to make a pass. But he has to get the ball, and the play was for him. And he didn't throw it to him. So, it's like he's wide open. Why is he not getting the ball in that situation? The play was for him. So, I just thought, like, there was plays like that for Kentucky where, you know, they've been on a run. They've been playing great. You know, like, at that moment in time, you want to talk about winning a championship, make the right play. Like, it's not about mm -hmm. you. It's about getting the guy the ball in the spot where he can be successful. And the play was for him to get the ball on the block, and he didn't throw it to him. And it's just like, what, what what's going on here? Why, 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 that's why not, is that's he not, not the first like, time. Like, that's why is he not getting the ball? Like, you, you just ran a guy over, right? You turned it over, and then the next play, like, Cal runs a good action to get Oscar Shigway the ball on the block, and they don't throw it to him. And it's just like, what, what, like, that's the disconnect with Kentucky, in my opinion. Like, that's his ball. That's his play. Throw it to him. Throw it to him. He scores. Go back down. Get a stop. The game could be different. It's just like, you know, like that's that's to me the disconnect in, in that situation. He has to get the ball. Yeah, I think it's that's a really good point, um, Matt. And I think it's the discipline that Kentucky that that Kansas teams always play with, right? They're all you never. You never really see that situations like that where they take the shot, where they don't run the play, where you make a bad decision in, in a big moment from a Kansas team, from a Bill Self coach team. And I think more than anything, that's that's kind of like what coaching is, right? To get guys in the best situation to succeed. Now, tonight, Kansas happened to hit all the big shots. Some nights those aren't going to go in, but you got the shots that you wanted as opposed to. You know, like I mentioned earlier, you had a, a Jacob Toppin pull up from 13 feet. You had him in the post and forcing the national player of the year to get out of the way so Jacob Toppin could go post up. One of the best defenders in college basketball and Kevin McCuller. You know, you had situations where uh, I, I don't want to make this be like just hate on Severe Wheeler, but there were times where you have him driving to his right hand 
which is not what you want from severe wheel. They're trying to make these weird angle lefty layups. So um, I think the the big picture when you want to look at it like that is Kansas made their threes down the stretch. CJ Frederick and Antonio Reeves were a combined over eight. Sometimes the ball goes in, sometimes it doesn't. But I think in the Kentucky was right there. And in the big moments, Kansas got the shots that you wanted to get, whereas Kentucky didn't necessarily get those. Yeah, but they Art had them. They they sure. had them, Rob. You know what I mean? Like like the play. Like again, I'm I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but they run. They, they don't run a ton of cross screen action, and they ran it. And he's wide open on the block. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and like, all it's... right. So wait, 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 wait. Big picture, big picture. We get it. They they didn't they didn't get Oscar the ball. He had nine shots all game against KJ Adams and a small Kansas team. That should not happen. All right. The result is the result now. Kentucky, everybody was kind of feeling good about them, putting them on the right side of the bubble. They had won four in a row. Obviously, the win in Knoxville was was a huge one. That's the resume win. You know, yeah, you beat Georgia and Texas a and at home and Vandy on the road. Ho-hum, right? Ho-hum to me. Big, big effing deal. Um, <laughs> they, they've got a couple – they've got a couple opportunities left. That's it now. You look at it and you say to yourself – the SEC, there's only a couple big resume wins now that Arkansas has kind of fallen off, okay? You've got Tennessee again at home on, on February 18th. Other than that, what do you have? You have Arkansas twice. Arkansas might not be a tournament team at the end of the day. So how important is it that they get a sweep of Tennessee to be able to make sure that they're in the NCAA tournament route? I don't think that they have to because they have the single best win that you're going to find in college basketball this season winning at Tennessee. And that makes up for a lot of the the warts on that resume, including the loss to South Carolina, which is a quad four loss. Um, if they want to get like a good seed, if you want, if you're talking about like a five or a six seed, I don't want to say they have to win out, but they got to win the majority of these games. They probably have to go what, like seven and three, eight and two down the stretch with the win against Tennessee. If they don't want to end up in like an eight, nine game, because that's kind of where I see them see them ending up but um I, i'm not i'm still in on this kentucky team big picture in terms of where they were about three weeks ago uh i i think that the switch to this lineup with cj frederick and antonio reeves works i think the proof is in the pudding because cj frederick and antonio reeves played terribly tonight and kentucky was right there you know you're one or two two possessions away from winning this game a couple of missed shots from kansas a little bit better execution and you win that game so i'm still in on kentucky being like a top 25 to 30 kind of a team big picture the question is you know if you if you're going to end up being a 10 seed or an 11 seed versus being a five seed or a six seed it's a it changes what we're looking it, at in terms of your likelihood for much? being able to make a run yeah i think it does because if you get if you're an 11 seed then you're playing like i mean you're playing like a wake forest or an nc state whereas if you're an 11 seed then you're going to get a top 25 team you're going to get a, a, a much better team. So big deal. Um, I mean, honestly, what's the difference these days? There's, there's not, not that there's big. not much. There's not that right, much. That's all but... I'm saying. I think it's avoiding to me, it's probably avoiding the one seed still. And I'm not even sure the ones are overpowering. Like, honestly, if Kentucky ends up as an eight, nine and they have to face Purdue in the second round, are you telling me Kentucky can't beat Purdue if they make shots, Matt? No, I mean, I think they can. I mean, I think they can definitely beat them. I, I mean, when they get out in transition and they get those baskets and they're electric in those types of situations, I think that's where they're really, really good. I mean, I think if you're if you're a one seed and all of a sudden you have to play Kentucky in the second round 
And we all know that BBN travels and it's going to essentially be a home game. I don't, I, I don't care who they play against. It's going to be a home game from if, if, if I'm the opposing coach and I got Kentucky in the second round as a one seed, I would be concerned. Uh, can right, they beat? We, we, we got a, uh, we got a guest coming on. Uh, okay. Uh, we, we, we've got uh Kansas uh, star Jalen Wilson jumping on as he's walking from the arena to the bus. Uh, Jalen, what's up, my man? Jeff Sorry, Sibbon, Rob up? Doster, Matt McCall here. I know you're walking to the to uh, to the bus to get to the airport. Uh, I'm sure for you, it probably doesn't matter how long you got to wait. Those, those guys should wait for you however long it takes because <laughs> you have been that good that you've earned it. Whenever you get there, that's when the bus leaves. They're not leaving without you. Um, no, I'm trying to get to the crib, too. All right. Well, listen, <laughs> you, you had a lot of pressure on you tonight. You don't say that usually about Kansas basketball, but there are a couple things at stake here. Avoiding the first ever four-game losing streak uh, for Bill Self at Kansas. And obviously, just getting on track. I think a lot of people had kind of written you guys off. How, how important a win was this tonight at Rupp? I was very important. You know, uh, coming into a place like this, too – Historical programs that, uh, you know, even last year, you know, when they came to Lawrence, beat us pretty bad. And so it was, a lot, it was a lot of this game. You know, we wanted to come in and, you know, put on, on the game as pretty fast as we could. You know, it was important to us early. And, uh, you know, a lot of the games this year, we've had a trail a lot of the time. So uh, it was good to get out, get a good run going, and uh, kind of just set the, set the pace of the game. Jayla, I, I want to ask you, man, just the, the shot making, especially by you down the stretch. Just talk about the confidence to take those shots in those moments in that environment and just the confidence that your teammates had in you to, to take those shots in those moments. I'm just understanding you know, the momentum of the game. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to feed off what my team is, is doing for me. Uh, I'm very confident in myself and the work that I, I put in for the moments like this um, you know as a leader of the team I got to be able to step up when my team needs me and you know make the right play whether it's hitting shots or, or making the right pass stuff like that but you know it's just important to be confident throughout the entire game. Jalen Dewan Harris came into this game two for 18 in the last four games uh, it looked like Kentucky was kind of daring him to shoot early on and he hit two threes to, to start the game now he only finished with eight points but how how important is that threat of, of Dewan being able to score and making those shots does that open everything up for you oh super important you know we need him to knock down shots like that to be aggressive for our team you know him being the leader and, and the point guard general of the team he has to be able to knock down shots and you know, get off his phone. He does that if he looks so much better. Yeah. All right, Jalen, we're gonna we're gonna let you go. I know you got to run. We appreciate you jumping on. Uh, hell of a stretch you've been on lately. You have been on a tear like probably nobody else uh, in the country. Get some sleep. Get some rest. I know it doesn't get much easier for you guys coming up. Yes, sir. No, it doesn't. But you know, that's what we love. Thank you. Appreciate it. You got it. There he is, Kansas star Jalen Wilson. Uh, fresh off another big-time performance. When we come back, we will talk about a huge upset that happened with the number two team in the country and what the hell went wrong. Clear for 90. Thanks, Chris. All right, chat questions. All right, what do we got? Chat questions. 
Number one question being asked, what are your guys' thoughts on the Big 12 SEC Challenge and the timing of it? Do you think it takes teams out of their mindset or their rhythm? Matt, that's for you, Matt. Yes, yes, yes. I I mean, I think when you're in the hunt for an SEC championship or a Big 12 championship or like, and all of a sudden you have to throw this game in the mix, I I think it completely takes you. out of your rhythm in, in terms of chasing that. Um, I just, I've never been a big fan of it. Um, I, I think once conference play starts, that's what we're sticking with, to throw another game in the middle of that. I think it's a disadvantage for, for both, especially the teams that are, are trying to compete for a championship. Like, I'd be interested to see like how they respond coming out of this. But I just, I, I've never been a fan of it. I, I think these games 30 seconds. for college basketball need to be played in November and December, especially in those times where we're, we need better games. We, we need to create that, that's more such of a coach. That's such a coach answer. I love it. I lo- I'm so sad that really? it's going away. I, I love of course. it. Well, it's great big theater. Big matchups. Big matchups. It's so fun. So why not, in, why not in November? Yeah, it should About be in November that. probably, but it's awesome. Five seconds. It. Up in three, two, one. All right, welcome back. Field of 68 After Dark. We're on Sirius XM Channel 84 every single night, 11 o'clock Eastern. I got Rob Doster. I got Matt McCall. That was Kansas star Jalen Wilson you just heard. Talk about the significance of that win. Uh, We'll see the significance of a loss that happened today in Norman, Oklahoma, Alabama, Arguably the number one team in the country. I had them at one. AP has them at number two. They go to Norman and they lose to an Oklahoma team that honestly is a fringe tournament team right now. You know, they're in the Big 12. So a fringe tournament team uh, in the Big 12, seventh place, whatever they are, eighth place is still pretty damn good as we found out today because uh, they beat them 93 to 69. They absolutely crushed them and Alabama was never in it. Now they've been playing with fire lately. Nate Oates' team, and he admitted it. Listen, you know, how much, Matt, could this be a learning point for an Alabama team that's young, that probably was kind of feeling itself a little bit too much, and now you get spanked by, again, a good team, not a great team? Well, I think they had a bad game. I I, I mean, call it like it is. They shot 27% from three. Oklahoma almost shot 70% from three. Alabama has six assists, 13 turnovers. They had a bad game, and I think that now he's got their attention. And um, I think there's just such great parity across college basketball this year that this is what you see, and you've got to bring it every single night, and that's going to be his message to his team. I I wouldn't put too much stock into this game for Alabama. I I, I still think they're a top – 10 team in the country, you know, a top five team in the country. They had a bad game. They had a bad night. And Oklahoma took complete advantage of that. Now, does Oklahoma shoot that high of a percentage from three the next game? No. Does Alabama shoot that low of a percentage from three the next game? No. I think they had a bad game, and I think that's what you chalk it up for. But I I also think Nate Oates will now have their attention, and they'll be ready to go for the next one. Yeah, it should happen sometimes. I, right? I think that's kind of where I'm at with it with Alabama, right? Yeah. Everyone's going to get their their butts whipped once in a while. I got some numbers for you guys. Ready? 2016, Villanova goes out to Hawaii, loses by 23 to Oklahoma. 
the team that they play in the final four beat by 44 in the final four on their way to the first national title. UConn, 2014, last game of the regular season. They lost by 33 to Louisville. They lost 81 to 48. Turned around, went and won the 2014 national title. Kansas, last year, they only lost by 18 uh, to, to Kentucky at home, but they were down by like 25, 28, 30 that entire game. They got smacked. They turned around, they won the national title. Maryland, in 2002, lost to Duke in Cameron by 21, turned around and won the national title. Like this, this happens sometimes, even to the best teams in college basketball. So am I worried about uh, how good Alabama is? Not really. I mean, they're they're still, we've seen what they're, they can do defensively, right? We know what they are offensively. We know well, how good Brandon what Miller they is. Today. They weren't, mm-hmm. they weren't great. Obviously, defensively, they gave up 93 points to Oklahoma, right? That, that you know what's wild that- about that? Oklahoma in their last three games, they lost their last three games, averaged 56 points in those three losses. They scored 50 in the first half against Alabama. 50 against the fourth best defense in college basketball. What is going on, man? I love this sport. You never know what's going to happen. Well, Plus, too, I mean, Brandon Miller struggled today. Like, he, mm-hmm. he did not well, Jaylen have Hill. his best Jaylen game. Jalen Hill was awesome. Give, give Jalen mm-hmm. Hill credit. Unbelievable. He was awesome. On Unbelievable. Today. It was, I mean, he did a great job. I mean, he's a young college player that's going to be the second pick in the NBA draft here coming up in the summer. But he struggled, and they struggled, and that's that's going to happen. Like, I mean, Rob brings up a great point in terms of you're going to have bad nights. You're going to have bad games. And that's what makes college basketball so great is, hey, there's a lot of games, and it's all about how you respond going into the next one. I mean, you know. That's and that's what happened. I mean, I, you could make the case. You could say the exact same thing for Iowa State tonight, and and you know we're going to talk about them. But they had a bad night. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. They didn't shoot a high percentage. Right, so from I'm, the three I'm point not line. worried. So Matt, I'm not worried about Alabama. I'm no. with you guys. I'm not worried. I'm not going to overreact on one loss, especially a road loss to a pretty good team. Uh, Iowa State again. Like I finally start to buy in to Iowa State. And again, I, I understand we were just, Rob and I were just in Columbia, Missouri, uh, you know, 10 days ago. It is a raucous environment. They are, they are lunatics over there. Um, but I felt like they'd win that one. Like Missouri to me still is a good team. I thought Iowa State would come in, uh, especially <laughs> the interesting side note to this one is uh, TJ Altsberger, uh going to the place where his old AD at UNLV, he left when Desiree was at UNLV. He left to go to Iowa State. She was not very happy. She's now at Missouri. That's a side note, inside baseball type deal. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, uh, Missouri wins this one, and they win it convincingly. Iowa State's not really in the game. Kobe Brown was phenomenal, one of the most underrated players in the country. You know, both teams are older. Right. Both teams are older. I felt like Iowa State would at least go in and play a game and and they didn't. And I just I'm waiting. I got to say, I guess I'm just kind of waiting for the bottom to fall out a little bit at Iowa State. And I'm worried and it hasn't yet. And I worry that this could be the start of it. I, I think this was just a weird matchup. Right. Like the thing about Iowa State, the reason they win is because of their defense. They're a really good defense. They take you out of what you want to run. Missouri, uh, people, I don't know how many people realize this. They're third nationally on Ken Palm right now in adjusted offensive efficiency. Like they're really good. They can score. And they're not a great defensive team, but they throw enough weird 
uh, weird different kind of zones and different lineups and different defenses at you. It's that, that you can see what Dennis Gates is running. Like you can see the Leonard Hamilton in him when he's kind of coaching and changing up his defenses. So I think this was just like Iowa State's never seen it before. The, the Missouri can kind of counter what Iowa State does well. They're playing at home. That place gets loud. There was probably an FKU chant going on at some point during that game <laughs> that just completely melted down their eardrums. It just, it, it's just one of those games. And Iowa State, and I think this goes for a lot of the teams in college basketball this season, maybe every single one of them. They're not good enough to withstand their C night, especially when they're playing on the road, especially when they're playing against the tournament team, and especially when that team is playing their A game. They're just not good enough to do it. It's going to happen. You're going to take losses. Yeah, Missouri's 12-2 and two at home this season. Their two losses are to Kansas and Alabama. Like, that, like when they're good, that's one of the toughest places to play in the SEC. I mean, you guys were there. Like, it gets loud. It's ruckus. Yes. Like, it is unbelievable in there. And how about this statement? And I don't know where he ends up. But is Kobe Brown, could he be in consideration for what they're doing right now? And I'm all I'm I'm a huge fan of whoever wins the league, the best player on that team should be player of the year in the league. But you could make a case for Kobe Brown that, hey, like he should be up there and he, he should be great. in consideration. Yes. Yes. He has been he, unbelievable. He'll be a first team guy. He'll be first sure. team all SEC, but you I mean I mean, you could Could make, and again, I I I think it should always go to the best player on the team that wins the league. I'm 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 a maybe that's coach speak. Almost maybe maybe it's coach speak, but like that's that's what I believe. That's what I believe. You know, Uh, but you can make the case for him. I I mean, he is he's he's first team. He's first team, no question to me. First team, all SEC, no question. I I would give it to Brandon Miller. But uh, I mean, look, I just uh, maybe I'm I'm too much of a Brandon Miller stand over here. I just I love his game. I love what he does. I think he's the most dangerous player for any of the the top ten teams in terms of you. you I mean, how you can't let him get a look. You got to chase him around everywhere, right? I think he's as difficult to scheme for as anyone this side of Zach Eves. I, I I love Brandon Miller. You know, this is one that was big for Missouri too, right? They had beaten mm-hmm. Illinois, they had beaten Kentucky and Arkansas at home again. I'll say it over and over. Like, Arkansas is not a lock to go to the tournament. Kentucky is not a lock to go to the tournament. So this win against Iowa State was a a huge resume win for them. And, again, they did it with their older dudes. You know, Kobe Brown, Hodge, Nick Honor. You know what the biggest thing is, Jeff, for them? Is that Missouri, on our fielding the 68 mock bracket, Missouri came into this game as an 11 seed. Right. They didn't do any – they did less than nothing in non-conference. Sucks. Yeah, right. they didn't get sucks. any wins there, and it's yeah. not like the they've been stacking up great wins in the SEC. So they are one of those teams that is like one weird losing streak away from being on the wrong side of the bubble. And they might have already had that weird losing streak when they lost three out of four earlier this year. But picking up this win – like Iowa State's going to be in the top 20 of whatever metric you look at for the rest of the season, pretty much regardless of what happens. As long as they don't exactly. lose every game from here on out – they're going to be really good and, and look really good. This is going to be a quad one win. And that's the kind of thing that can be the difference between, uh, you know, Missouri being in that playing game conversation, being one of the, like the last one in and getting kind of into that nine, 10 range where you're comfortably a tournament team. You don't really have to sweat it out. But I think this, Robin, we've talked about this before too, like Missouri and LSU coming into conference play. Like we were kind of putting them in the same category. 
How'd like, that go? <laughs> right. You I, know think what I'm I said saying? I like, like LSU like, more, man. You like we were like we were one. like putting <laughs> them in the same category. And w- what is Missouri doing? They're winning the games that they should win, and LSU's not. I mean, that, let, let's call it like it is. I mean, LSU's really really struggled since conference play started, and you know Missouri is winning their home games and they're winning the games that they're supposed to win. And I think that's the separation. I I think that's impressive, especially for a first year coach in the SEC. I think that's that's really impressive. All right, mm-hmm. so maybe the most impressive win to me might have come uh, in Knoxville today because Tennessee beat a really good Texas team that's been uh, terrific for the most part since Rodney Terry took over. They beat him by double figures. Tennessee is one of those teams that, again, you look at them, they're, they're number one, I, I think, in, in Ken Palm. They're number two in the net. But they've only got three quad one wins before today. I, I'm not completely sold as Tennessee is like a number one seed even right now, even after this Texas win. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They're going to be. You You know what my biggest concern with them is? who who is your go-to guy right who do you when you need a bucket in a close game who are you going to like i i don't i I love zakai ziegler don't get me wrong i love i love what the kid brings but he's five foot nine right santiago vescovy is a really good player really good shooter great complimentary piece is he your go-to guy i don't know josiah jordan james like you want him to be your three and d guy you don't want him to be your leading score, your best player, the guy that you isolate. Julian Phillips, like that's who we wanted it to be coming into the season, but either he hasn't proven it to Rick Barnes or Rick Barnes doesn't trust him or whatever he's it is. Like ready. they're not, yeah, they're not, yeah, he's not ready. Now, the interesting thing is about three games ago, and and and, and Matt, I want I want to I want to pick your brain on this. Three games ago, they changed their lineup a little bit. They did something similar to what Kentucky did. Yurosh Plashic came out of their starting lineup. Um, I think it was injury related, but they started, they moved uh, Ziegler back in. So they basically went four guards with Olivier and Kamwa at the five. And he's been terrific since then. He was terrific tonight, 27, eight, three assists. And it's opened everything up because he's a guy that can step out and knock down a shot. So all of a sudden there's a little bit more driving lanes. All of a sudden things get a little bit easier offensively. And they're still not really giving up anything on the defensive end. Like the 71 Texas got tonight was one of the best performances anyone's got against Tennessee this season. So how, when you have a tweak like that, like how much can that impact? Like what's, how does that one come about? And two, like what, what does that impact the team when you, when you change starters in the middle of the year? 
Well, I think, again, if you're talking about winning a championship, everybody's got to be okay with it. This is the best mm-hmm. thing for our team. This is the best thing for our team. Playing Como at the five is the best thing for our team. And everybody else has to be okay with that. If you're not okay with that, then you're not about winning. Bottom line, right? Um, I mean, Zakai Ziegler was unbelievable. What did he end up with today? 22 and 10? Yeah, he was um, He just made the right play. I, I don't know what it is. Why and I I kind of feel the same way in terms of Tennessee. Do I think they can get to a Final Four? I don't know. I, it's almost like like what like what are we? We're all feel like we're like missing something when it well, comes to Well, because Barnes hasn't done it. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I I don't know what it is, but it's just like uh, you know they they're not. But uh, you know they go out tonight and they pound yes. Texas on the offense or on the glass. They're plus fourteen on the glass. You know, Texas did not play well. You know, their uh, starters were two for 11 from three. Marcus Carr is one for six. I mean, one, it's hard to win in general. Two, it's impossible to win on the road with those kind of numbers. But it's just like we're like we're like waiting to see Tennessee get to the tournament, right? Like, could they win the SEC? Yes. Did they finish ahead of Alabama? I don't know. Maybe. But all right, what happens come tournament time? Can they get to the final four? Is it because Barnes hasn't done it at Tennessee? Maybe that's like all of our hiccups. I don't know. I, I mean, but they're just, I mean, they're winning games and they're, they're, you know, outside of the Kentucky loss at home. They're which, not just winning, man. They're kicking people's they're asses. Kicking, yes. And I, I think the Kentucky game, it was like, Hey, this guy's out, that guy's out. Oh man, we're going to be fine today. We're playing at home. By the way, we talk about environments in the sec Thompson bowling arena, man. That, they fill it up. They and it is huge, huge, huge. There aren't many huge. places that are there that big. There are not many places yeah, yeah. in the SEC that are that big. All and, right, and I, have a qu- I have a question for Matt. I have a question for Matt. Uh-oh. What, Here we go. what would we Where? have to do? What would we have to do? What name the bet? What does the bet have to be to get you to come on here and sing Rocky Top? What does the bet have to be? Oh, you can't get to this. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever All we right. do, I, I'm not, I can't put that orange on. I'm, I can't do that. I can't do that <laughs> unless right, I'm listen. working there. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're going to come back after this. Purdue's clearly been the best team this season in the Big Ten. We're going to tell you why there's a couple teams that are sneaking up on them right now that they're not going to want to see come Big Ten tournament when we come back. Feel the 68s after dark. Andy, I got a, I got a Purdue take that I'm saving for the afters, uh, but right. I'm, I'm, I want to hear you guys your guys' opinion on it, but – I'm I'm saving it for the afters, Purdue fans. You got to hang around. I'm making right. you stick. What do we got for questions? Rob's out here teasing even when he's not hosting. I know. Seriously, what is that? That was the best season I've had all year. <laughs> uh, Ryan asks if you guys think Tennessee should jump Houston and become a one seed, given Houston's struggles today and Tennessee's performance. I don't care about struggles. Like I, I don't care if a team wins, they win. I don't give a shit how many points they really win by at the end of the day because we're not totally looking agree. back on that. We're not. Like, you win, you win. Sometimes, well, honestly, it's better to win close games because you're going to play them in the NCAA tournament. You need to learn how to win close games. And, and if they're going to jump someone, it's probably jumping Alabama, the team that lost by 24 right. today. Right, exactly. Exactly. What uh, else? If Kansas wins the Big 12, does Jalen Wilson have a shot at National Player of the Year? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Over yeah, I mean, if he, if he keeps putting up these crazy numbers the rest of the year, it's going to be a convert. Like, he absolutely has a shot. Uh, like, what happens it's, if Edie... You know what the problem is? Zach Edie's never not going to get a, a double-double. He gets yeah, it every that's... game. 
Everyone yeah, but it doesn't that. mean it, it doesn't mean he doesn't have a shot. Like he certainly has a shot. There's three guys in my mind that are locks for his team All Americans: Jalen, Trace, and Zach Eden. Right now, Zach Eden's got seconds. a big step above the other two of them. Doesn't mean they can't close that gap. Three, two, one. Mike's hot. All right, welcome back. Field of 68 After Dark. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Rob Doster. We're also joined by former UMass head coach Matt McCall. Remember, we're on Channel 84 on Sirius. We've also got the afters coming up, so get in that YouTube chat. Ask us some questions. Uh, ask Doster anything you want about UConn and how badly they're playing, <laughs> and he will cry and answer you. I promise. Uh, and no Frank Martin questions for Matt McCall, please. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Indiana. Uh Talia Goodman, my daughter's a freshman there. She was at the game tonight, and uh, she's feeling pretty good, as are Indiana fans, about their Hoosiers right now. They came into the year picked to win the Big Ten. Uh, They were struggling. They've now won five straight, and they beat an Ohio State team that is absolutely reeling. Uh, They've lost seven of eight, and Chris Holtman's getting a lot of heat in Columbus right now. Uh, But let's get to first the Indiana Hoosiers, and I have been raving about Jalen Huchifino all year. All year. And rightfully so. Here's my take on Jalen Huchifino now. If Indiana can get Xavier Johnson back, and they got to get him back soon here. We're almost in February. They got to get him back in the next couple of weeks, and I'm not sure that's going to happen. But if they do and they get him healthy, and now you got Jalen Huchifino feeling really good about his game, you know, not as a backup point guard, not as a secondary ball handler, as a guy that can run the team, that makes shots because he made shots tonight. And Trace is playing the way he's playing. I think Indiana can be a second weekend team and, and maybe even beyond. I think they've got everything. And now they're bringing Race Thompson off the bench, which is what he should be. You can't play Trace and Race together. Race off the bench, spread people out a little bit. They're making shots collectively. This Indiana team has found it, its groove now, Rob. Um, am I off? No, I, I'm I'm very much in on Indiana. Very, very much in on Indiana. And the biggest reason is 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 your boy Hood Shafino. Um, awesome. Yeah, like I I did not I knew he had this in him, right? I did not expect it to be at the level that we've seen over the course of like the last probably five weeks. I mean, he he's been terrific. I didn't realize he was as good on the ball as he has been. I knew he could score and I knew he could create a little bit, but I think that his emergence as a guy that can handle lead guard duties is just, it's been so impressive and you're exactly right. Like if, if Xavier Johnson can come back and can embrace, embrace the, the role that he, I don't even want to say role and can embrace the fact that like hood Shafino is awesome. And he does, and you know, and, and he doesn't have to have all of the shots in the back. Or if he can kind of share those duties, I, I've made this point a million times. If you look at the last ten or eleven teams that have won a national title, yep. they all yep. ha- they all have yep. two lead guards, right? They yes. all play two guys together in the backcourt. Kansas didn't last year, right? That was the first time since uh, I want to say two thousand and nine, North Carolina, when Tyler Hansborough had Ty Lawson, right? Look at uh, Baylor had Jared Butler and Davion. Um, Davion Mitchell. You had in 2018 Jalen Brunson and Dante DiVincenzo and uh and um the guy on the Suns down blanking on his name. If you look at 2016, Jalen Brunson and Ryan, like Peyton Seaver, Russ Smith, all of these teams have two lead guards, Matt. Have and, and, yeah. yeah, and and now you can have that with Indiana. 
Both of those guys are awesome. We've seen Xavier Johnson be an all-Big Ten caliber player. Jalen Huchifino has been an all-Big Ten caliber player the last five weeks. And by oh, by the way, Trace Jackson Davis is averaging like 25, awesome. 15, four assists and four player blocks the over the course of right. the last three weeks. Yes. Like, player of the year type numbers over the last yes. that stretch. And what, what Trace has done is, is pass the hell out of the ball. And it's giving guys easy looks. So a lot of those complimentary guys are making shots now. They're getting on. And, and like, and, and Trey Galloway has been really good. Awesome. Miller Cop is like, he's he's doing a job. He hasn't been great. He's doing a job. Malik Renault was awesome guys. tonight. Yeah. Race Thompson, like, is a guy that just understands his job. It's just that, like, this, I, I, who's your daddy, man? Like, I, I am very much in on this being the team that we thought it was going to be right now. Not even, even without Xavier John, right now. And then if you could add Xavier Johnson and he's, and he's good Xavier Johnson, all of a sudden, like, this team gets really scary really quickly. And here's the biggest thing, Matt. The last five games, this five-game winning streak, they're giving up an average of 61.2 points. If you look at the last two weeks, they have been the number seven team on Torvik in uh, adjusted defensive efficiency. That's why they're winning games now. It's not just they got good players. They're getting stops. But they're making shots, too. They're, it's both ends. It's both ends. That's the beauty of this team right now. Last year, they couldn't shoot, but they guarded. You know, now they're doing both over the last five six years I, I just does anyone else hear me keep trying to throw it to matt trying to give matt touches and <laughs> jeff goodman going full xavier johnson and just yeah. taking my, my it, just letting thing that thing this, fly here's, baby here's, here's my only thing is when they do inject him back into the team how does everybody respond because yeah, roles will be different it's just yes. going to be different and are you accepting of it and hey this guy's a really good player and now he's healthy and our team and are you going to come back are you going to come back matt as a complimentary piece are you even going to want to come back the, if it's that is the biggest keys where where does is there going to be breakdown in the locker room is there going to be someone's upset now i'm pissed because i'm not getting the shots i want whether the, this guy's back he's taking my minutes how am i doing and now they're kind of rolling, and everybody kind of understands their roles. And, hey, I know I'm getting these minutes. I'm getting that. Now he comes back. Is everybody accepting of that? Like, that's going to be the biggest thing. I think they're playing well. I think they're playing at a high level. I think they're a second-weekend team in the NCAA tournament the way they're playing right now. But when he comes back, how does everybody respond to that? Because that 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 is the biggest challenge in terms of, of Mike Woodson in terms of coaching, in terms of everything. It's not the X's and O's and we got to run that. It's like, hey, where's your locker room at? And how is everybody getting along in the locker room? And where's your culture at? And now this guy's been out and who's pissed when he comes back? Who's pissed? Some, someone's going to be upset. Someone's going to be upset. Or if they're not, then now you can talk about winning the championship. Bottom line. Yeah, do, you, do you think Xavier Johnson is going to be standing on top of the scoreboard throwing iron pipes at people trying to hit him? Hopefully not. I'm I'm scared to go there in a couple of weeks if something's going to fall down and hit us. Uh, it's the right, second listen. time in like the last six years that something's fall. Like, come on, man! It's right. Good, hall. good. But does your daughter go to hall. Indiana? I didn't know. Does she go to I Indiana? Guess, yes, she does. She was oh, way she up the top. I thought she might have thrown the pipe down. She was way in the top row. I think tonight she got there too late. Anyway, uh, Ohio State's lost seven of eight. Seven of eight, and uh, fans are not happy in Columbus. They're not happy because Holtman has been, while he's been consistently able to get them in the NCAA tournament, after taking over a program that honestly was going downward, it was spiraling the last couple of years for Thad Mata because of you know, his, his physical and his mental health. He was not working nearly as hard as he was early on when he was recruiting the, the Odins, the Conleys, the Daquan Cooks, the Evan Turners, what whatnot. 
Um, he, he now they're struggling. They're struggling, and they got good players. They got some young players, but they got Bryce Sansabaugh. They got Zed Key. They got some good players on that team. They got in a bunch of transfers, and it looked good early. Rob, is it fair for Ohio State fans to be clamoring right now for the removal of, of Chris Holtman? The removal? No. Can they be mad that they're not winning games with these pieces? Yes, absolutely. If you're the the reason that you get hired as a basketball coach is to win games. If you're not winning games, fans have the right to be frustrated by that, considering how much money guys like Holtman get paid. Um, I think he's a terrific coach. I think he's the guy that you want running that program. I know it's been bad. I know you've lost seven out of eight, uh, but uh, just stick with it, man. Like I, I'm not. I, I, I think, think if I I'm Holtman, if I'm Holtman, I'm trying to get to Notre Dame. I'm trying to get I, to Notre Dame in a fresh I kind of, yeah, you know? I kind, I kind of agree. Like that's one of those ones where once they turn, I don't know if they're ever going to turn right. back. But well, I the also only way think they turn that, back. The only here's the only thing, Rob. Here's I sorry to interrupt you, but here's the only thing. They have another really good recruiting class coming in next year. Can they stack? Can you keep Sensabaugh? If you can keep Sensabaugh somehow, no. there's no way. There's no way he comes back. Well, I call. Look, you are you the same way, McCall? You, you've seen him enough. I, I just like I, I don't. My whole thing with like the whole coaching carousel and everything with all yeah. these schools, like who are you getting? Like, Chris Holmes is uh, a really good coach. Yeah. Like, he's a yes. really good coach. And maybe he's having a down year or what, what, whatever. Like, But, like, who are you going out there to get? And the guy is figuring it out, and he's, you know, he's he's recruiting and this, that. Like, who are you going to get? Like, if, if I'm an Ohio State fan, like, oh, he's, he's not winning enough games. We need to get rid of him. Let's bring this guy in. Okay, who's this guy? My comparison. Who's this guy? Like, when you, when you, when you make a coaching change, Right, especially with a guy that's proven that he can win games. When you make a coach, you set your program back. I'm sorry, you do. Like you set mm -hmm. it back. Like he's gonna win games going forward, and all you're gonna do, you know, with like and even fan bases when they get frustrated, when they turn to like negativity, who who is who is that helping? Especially like during the middle of the season, like it's just adding more distractions if you want your your team that you're so passionate about to have any chance this season yeah. man like what about being positive like what what does that hurt like you know like get behind them like hey listen it's a down year but you know what we're gonna show and i get it i mean everyone's passion but my whole thing is like the whole coaching carousel especially with a guy like that that has proven he can win who who are you getting to replace him yeah, and look, show if I'm, up, if I'm, show up yeah. if you're their fans. Please get show up. In, in, get in, in there in the arena because yes. they yes. don't. They don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. Illinois, quickly. Illinois, similar to Indiana a little bit. Now they they lost at home to the Hoosiers um, a week or so ago, but they've been on a run here. They've won six of, of seven, and it's so funny because I still wonder if now when Brad Underwood did his public uh, displays of of non-affection to Matthew <laughs> Meyer and TJ Shannon. We all were like, oh my God, what's he doing? You can't do that in this day and age. It's going to backfire. And it kind of did early, right? It kind of did early a little bit, but you wonder, Matthew Meyer has played the best basketball of his career over the last month or so, ever since Underwood called them out. He, he did. He lit a fire under his ass and it's worked. So again, Rob, is this Illinois team now trending in the right direction? How dangerous are they? 
I think they're incredibly dangerous. Um, I also think they're one of those teams that could lose to anybody, and I would not be surprised. Like they just they're exactly who we thought they were going to be this season. When they hit their highs, they are they can play with anyone. Coleman Hawkins can look like a lottery pick, right? Matthew Meyer could go off for 26 points in a game where nobody's making any shots and you don't even bat an eye. Terrence Shannon, we saw what he could do early on in the season. Was it the uh was it the Baylor game, UCLA game, when he went for 29 and hit like 17 UCLA. threes? Yeah. We know what their ceiling can be. Welcome to the danger zone, right? We know what their ceiling can be. We also know what they can be when they're bad. And I don't I don't know how you change that without adding more players that are more consistent. Like you got a bunch of high, high, like volatile players, right? And and maybe not like volatile in the sense of their personalities, but they can go off and they can also struggle. It just, I think that is what it is with this Illinois team. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm back in on the daddy Brad bandwagon. <laughs> I am back in on the daddy Brad bandwagon. I, I think both of these teams can get to it. Like if, if Indiana and Illinois are both in the elite eight, I would not be I would not be surprised. Hey, I think both of those teams have way, that Rob, kind of ceiling. Rob, we Matt, I, I convinced Rob to go out for uh Illinois, Indiana in two weeks, February. It's the weekend of February eighteenth, that Saturday. He was fighting me on three, it. Three weeks, sir. Three weeks. Three weeks. So we still need him to be good for the next few weeks, but it looks pretty That's good. That's what out, I, yeah, I, we got a cheer, I, man. I, we got a cheer. I would, I would meet in. you guys out there, but I'll be in only in New York. For St. Bonnie's. Beautiful. So, I mean, yeah. I heard it's mm-hmm. beautiful in Olean. It's beautiful in Olean, right? No question. Absolutely what, beautiful. What's your take on Illinois, Goodman? What's your take? Um, I still worry about them because they don't have a guy that, to me, can really initiate offense that I trust. That's the biggest thing for me. You know where I stand with point guard play. And, mm-hmm. and that's where I start, right? I start with – and I just don't think they have it. Like we talked about with Indiana. If they get X back, you got two dudes. and And even if they don't, you got a guy that I completely trust that does not play like a freshman at all in Jalen Huchifino. Illinois just scares me because what are you going to do? You know, Jaden Epps is not that guy. You can give the ball to Shannon at times, depending on the matchups, but again, not consistently. A guy you can give the ball to is Ryan Nemhart. And the Creighton Blue Jays are back. I know people were ready to give up on him, but I, I'm telling you, this is a team that can make a deep run in March We'll tell you why next on the Field of 68's After Dark. Clear for 90. Strongly disagree that Jade Nepps is not that guy, but I will digress. Is Notre Dame actually a better gig than Ohio State? For Chris Holtman today it is because he's feeling the heat, right? That's the difference. You get a new leash on life, right, Matt? Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about that. I mean, he's feeling it, and I'm sure he's – it's so hard. Everyone's like, don't look at Twitter or don't, you know, block out the noise or, you know, like you don't focus on that. Focus on your, it's, it's way easier said than done. Um, How much were you looking at social media? Like your last year, Matt? I was was trying not to look at it at all. Um, I I just, it wasn't good for my mental health, you know, (laughs) and like, but like you would get the update, like, you know, someone would tweet at you and you'd like, like it it would pop up on your phone. Like, like, First of all, you tweet, where are you tweeting me from? Like, hey, you know, 190 Commonwealth app. Like, come down, let's have a conversation face-to-face, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to have that conversation. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing? Like, like I'm actually a pretty nice guy if you if you want to come and talk. 30 to seconds. Face, but, um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know if if Notre Dame is quote unquote a better job, but uh, like for him, I have a whole Mickey Harris twenty. He's a good coach, and again, Herb if, if I'm Ohio State, Herb who are you That's the comp. That's the no, comp. you know, you know what, Herbie, Shaka. Shaka Ten seconds. A job that's not as good of a job, and yeah. now he's crushing it at Marquette because it's just a better fit for him. Five. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Field of 68's After Dark. Field of 68. You can catch us every single night with After Dark at 11 o'clock Eastern time on Sirius Channel 84. You can catch us on YouTube, on Twitter. We'll have the afters here in about 10 minutes uh, on YouTube where you can ask any question you want. Uh, anything, any of you mask guys can can fire something at McCall. Don't worry, just make it nice, all right? Try to Try to be nice. <laughs> Um, and you can throw anything at, at Doster. You don't have to be nice Please to don't. him at all. You don't. Have to you can nice. just don't. You can ask me questions. Don't throw stuff at me. All right. Yeah, that's that too. That too. <laughs> uh, all right, Creighton, huge win today. This is a team that had lost six straight from the end of November till middle of December. Three of them without their their star big guy Ryan Kalkbrenner. One of them when he was not himself to Nebraska. And everybody just kind of wrote them off. That was it. That was it for the Blue Jays. And now they've started to get back on track. And they had the biggest win of their season uh, today, which was against a Xavier team that was in first place in in the Big East. Now they're tied with Marquette. Uh, The Musketeers are for first place in the league. But Creighton did what I think we thought they were going to do all along. I had them as a preseason top five team. I'm not sure they can get quite back to that, but they had five guys in double figures today. They shot the ball fairly well collectively from three, and that is a huge key for this team because this is not a typical Greg McDermott team, Matt, that has a bunch of shooters all over the floor. They're more athletic, and Colt Brenner is the difference maker, period. Yeah, and again, they're seven and three in the conference right now. You know, what are they, one game back from first place? Um, they went through a stretch. They went through some adversity. They grew. They got better. They improved. And that's what you want. Like, if you're Coach McDermott, that, like, you're sitting here right now. This is exactly what you want. You want to go through some stuff, figure out what we got to fix, go through the adversity. How do we respond? How does everyone on our team respond? And now all of a sudden we're sitting here a game out of first place in the Big East. Like, that's that's what you want in your non-conference. Do you want to lose six straight games? Absolutely not. But – if losing six straight games help you win a Big East championship, which they have a chance to do, I'm not saying they're going to do that. I'm not, you know, guaranteeing that's going to happen, but that's what you want. And they're playing the best basketball you want. And as a coach, you want to start playing your best basketball at the end of January, February, and March. And that's what Creighton's doing. And man, that's not a team you want to see, especially come no. March, because they are dangerous. Is, is this the last Nimbard we're going to see? Is, it, is there another one? Yeah, I think that's is, it. Is, 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 this is it? It's like, man. He's pretty good, too, though. Man, put these guys in a good. pick and roll. They can make plays. They make yeah. everyone around them better. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's just impressive. And that's, you know, as a coach, that's what you want your team to do. I think they are the Big East team that is best suited to making a deep run in March. Absolutely. I don't I don't know if they're necessarily the best. They are certainly not like the best on their best day. You know, when Marquette is playing at their when you get the best Marquette, I don't know how many teams in the country can beat them. And you get the best Xavier, I don't know how many teams are going to be able to put up enough points to beat either of them. But the difference and I think what we saw today is the difference in why I'm worried about Xavier in a one and done setting. And it's the same thing with Marquette. And if they're not making shots, if they're not playing great offensively, I don't know how else they can win a game. Creighton can win a game with their defense. Creighton can win a game because they have Ryan Kalkbrenner anchoring, and Trey Alexander is one of the best perimeter defenders that we're going to see, and Arthur Kaluma is an athlete, and Ryan Nemhard's good enough, and Baylor Shireman is good enough and can end possessions by getting defensive rebounds. They also are a team that can put up 85 points on a given night. They have four shooters around a big seven-footer. That's a lob target. So I, I they can win games in multiple ways. They are much less matchup dependent i think than some of these other teams are I, I think that they're terrific i think that if you can get them right now at bet rivers 50 to 1 odds to win a national title like yeah what take it take it take what it. 50 to 1 now, odds again, they, like, they need they just need a little more out of their bench it's the only thing that scares me is like yeah you know but how many teams do we dude. say that about how many teams do we say that about look look across the country how many teams right now um are are out there and you say, look, they, they legitimately go eight deep, and I'm not worried about anybody past their starters. Like Kansas. We say the same thing about Kansas. Like, I right, don't know if they right. have a bench. Kentucky's basically cut their rotation down to like six guys, more or less. Well, they go, yeah, Livingston and Wheeler are seven. That's seven. Yeah. Yeah, but I think you it's too, too, like when you know the rotation and, hey, listen, we're playing eight guys and these are the minutes and I know this, like it, I, I think that's even more beneficial. You know, eight, right? But like, need, like, kind of like this is this, this is this is. It's hard to play ten guys in a college basketball game. It's I'm hard. not saying you want to play ten. I'm not saying play ten. I'm saying get a consistent eight that you you can count on. I don't think Creighton's got my, eight. My big Mason worry is Miller's like eight, and he doesn't play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my big worry is like if somebody rolls an ankle in a game, like they're foul kind of, trouble. They they, they basically trouble. have they basically have five. Right. They, they don't right. foul like that. The thing about Creighton is they just don't foul. Well, Ever they but, had six they had six fouls as a team today and that was not even like a that's not an outlandish thing. Ryan Kalkbrenner right. went through an entire season had one game where he got more than three fouls last year. Like they just don't foul. So I'm not necessarily worried about that with them in general. Yes, but not not with them. They just if so if like if you get like a broken finger from Ryan Emhar randomly in the second round, like you're, you're screwed. Well, they've, you had, they've had injuries last year with Kalkbrenner and and, and Nemhard, so no doubt another team. That had a big injury that we have to mention before we we mm -hmm. shut down the show here in a few minutes is Mike Miles Jr. from TCU. They lose a game against a Mississippi State team that's been atrocious lately. Remember when people were talking about Mississippi State as being like a tournament team early? Yeah, those days are gone. But they did beat TCU because Miles went out, hyperextended knee. He's going to have an MRI tomorrow. But as he tweeted, he feels pretty good that it's not going to be anything that's going to keep him out season ending. You know, he may miss a couple weeks, and that's going to hurt. TCU's done enough damage to build up uh, their resume enough that they're going to be in the tournament and they're going to be a decent seed. Uh, but again, you know, losing to Mississippi State, shouldn't you be able to beat Mississippi State even without Mike Miles Jr.? But they also didn't have Eddie Lampkin. Like, they were missing a couple of people. Like yep. they, they, and they lost to – who'd they lose to? 
Northwestern State or something like that yeah, without yeah, they just without their backcourt. That was without their whole backcourt. And Goodman, have you ever been to Starkville? Uh, thankfully, no. You've never been to Starkville, Mississippi. Why would I need to go to Starkville? The hump. The hump. The only man. reason the I would have gone like to Starkville today a little bit. I'm just saying, hey, tough place to The only reason I would ever go to Starkville is to have to investigate, uh, do an investigation on Rick Stansbury when he was at Mississippi State. <laughs> <laughs> i'm it. just saying right and and you know what starkville is a as a, a director of basketball operations nightmare because there's no <laughs> full service hotels and you've got to find ways to get food into those hotels for your team it is it's a nightmare it's a nightmare just tell yeah me. can i can i also just say for the record that uh that mississippi state lost eight out of nine but four of those eight were tennessee twice and alabama twice and they also lost at auburn and they also lost to florida at home like it's not great, but you know, it's not like they're out here getting forty pieced by uh, Mississippi. You know? No, and in Florida, in the Florida game, they were up too. Like they had chances mm-hmm. in that game to win that game. All right, be- before we we got about thirty seconds left here, but I, I don't want to end it without uh, taking a shot at some of those Auburn fans that killed me a couple weeks ago for not ranking the Auburn Tigers because um, they did not deserve to be ranked, and now you know why. Uh, they didn't win today against West Virginia. They've, they've started their descent a little bit here. And Rob called them the most overrated team in the entire country the other day. Go get Rob Doster, uh, Auburn fans. I will give you, if you DM me, I'll give you his phone number. I'll give you his address. Whatever you possibly need, I'll give it to you for Doster. And you can go get him. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, another night after dark, Saturday night edition. We'll see you tomorrow night here on Field of 68's After Dark. Clear. By the way, you and St. Mary's are tied at 55. This is another. Anyone watching this game needs a little of the Brown. Mark Pope's team. Needs to, needs to join me with the Brown stuff. The Brown water. The Brown water. Trevor, what do we got? Let's hit the afters. We have right. a lot of questions in active chat tonight. Right, we got to say hello, though, to, to Stanford Steve, who is watching right now. And uh, he said that the, he said <laughs> the Stanford Cardinal, Cardinal just finished off, uh, I won't say the worst, I, one of the, a four game win streak that was not pretty. What did they beat Cal tonight, I guess? Yeah, they, they beat Cal by Cal. 30. They beat Cal Ooh. by 30. They beat Chicago All State right. the other night. So Stanford hey, Steve, shout out. Steve, just take the wins, however you can get them. All right, take. Them. Hey, can we also give a shout out to Matt Norlander, who's uh, who's listening right now on uh, on on YouTube as he's he's making the drive good from Bloomington to West Lafayette tonight. Oh, Matty, uh, you're you're an asshole. You didn't even you know you didn't even offer <laughs> to take Talia out for dinner or anything, but you've never taken anybody out for dinner and actually paid for it. So I'm not. Surprised. Norlander did a story. When I was in Chattanooga and we went to the NCAA tournament, he polled all the head coaches in the tournament on their favorite band and like their favorite song. That was that was was unbelievable. That was his second favorite story. His favorite story is when he followed the basketball the entire day of the national title game one year. It was a hell of a story. Uh, Anyway, what was yours? McCall, McCall, what was your favorite band? Pearl Jam. Okay, it's Pearl Jam at that point in time. Pearl Jam. It probably still is. All right, we're going to start out with a simple question, sort of a palate cleanser. Tony asks, 
Why does Louisville suck so much? <laughs> Go ahead. Who wants that one? I think we can all take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth. All right, I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. Um, McCall doesn't want to be negative, probably on this one. I'll, I'll be negative. <laughs> Kenny Payne, great, great guy, great assistant coach. I, I I've always said this. I didn't think his first head coaching job should be Louisville. It, it should have been like, you know, something in in the Ohio Valley or something of that note. Um, he did a horrible job in the portal, number one, and he no longer has the help of Nike which he's had his entire career when he was at Oregon as an assistant and when he was at Kentucky as an assistant. And now he's at Adidas and you don't get shit for help at Adidas. Um, ask Rick Pitino, ask Chris Mack. It's a tough deal to recruit at Adidas, especially when you're not the flagship Adidas uh, school, which they're not right now. So that, that would be my short answer. Yeah, the biggest issue is the portal. They just, you have one, basically one guard on the roster that's good enough. It's not going to be the way to get it done. What else we got? If all teams were even money to win the title right now, who are you picking? Everybody's plus 100. You have to bet on one. Ooh. Ooh. I'll take Houston. I'll take Houston. I'm taking Purdue. Ooh, two freshmen. Freshman backcourt. Uh, wow. I, I don't I – don't, I, I, Freshman backcourt and a big defensively. And you're going to take him to win six I'm straight. Ta- I'm taking Purdue. I mean, how do you guard Edie? How, hey, how do you guard him? How do you guard him? How do you guard him? What's the way to stop him? That, that's my hey, question. And he, and he get I, like, I'm not saying he gets away with a lot in the game, but he gets away with a lot in the game. There's a lot of contact down there that doesn't get called. I, 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 I just don't know how you stop him. I don't I think, know how you stop him. I think it's between Purdue and Alabama and, like, Right now, I kind of think I probably would agree with McCall and lean towards Purdue. I still love Alabama, right? I still think that they're the top two teams, even with Alabama getting thirty pieced at Oklahoma tonight. But my take—I teased this earlier. All right, I'm gonna—I'm gonna go into my Purdue here. Um, do you remember the COVID year when the when the tournament got shut down, right? Um, the whole narrative, the whole season was like, there's no great teams in college basketball. There's no great team. This is just a year where there's a bunch of good teams. There's no one that we usually think is a great team. And as the season kind of went on and progressed, everyone kind of realized like, hey, you know what? Like, I think that Kansas is the great team. I think that they're probably the best team, right? And I think that that's going to my, – my take is that we're going to end up saying that about Purdue this year, right? The So you question about their defense, about the big, right? They're 19th right now in Kampong and adjust the defensive efficiency. They haven't given up more than 70 points in a game this entire season. Now, a lot of that is because they play at a fairly slow pace, but you're still like, you're not, no one's scoring on them. The the efficiency numbers say that they're really good. They're six and one in games decided by five points or less. Four of those games have been won on the road. You want to question like a freshman backcourt? How many big shots has Fletcher Lawyer made? How many times, like, the one that stands out to me went into the Breslin Center. He made two big shots. Then they were able to run action to get Zach E.D. a touch in the post and score. The hardest thing that you can do when you have a big guy is finding ways to manufacture him touches. Twice this season, on the final possession with the game on the line, they were able to manufacture Zach E.D. a post touch. At uh, It was at Ohio State, and it was at Michigan State. They won both of those games. And I know that, like, 
their best win is uh, best win in the Big Ten is is Ohio State, and they beat some teams back in November before we really knew what those teams were. It was Duke, Gonzaga, Marquette, and West Virginia. Those all look really good now, but um, it's not like they have all of these like flashy marquee wins. But they just keep winning and they just keep grinding teams down, and they have the most unstoppable player in the country at the five. And Matt Painter really understands like how to take advantage of these teams that he have. And their freshman point guards, like I don't even know if you can call them freshman point guards anymore. I'm just the more that I think about it, the more I'm like, how long are we just going to sit here and pretend that this 20-1 team that has the best player in the country, that wins all of these close games, that it's just slowly, methodically – they don't have a stinker, right? They they don't ever have anything close to amounting to what that Alabama game no, was. No, I just still – again, I just – I fast forward to the tournament. I just say, like, these two freshman guards in this big, and it's like a recipe for disaster. Like, that's all I can think of. It's like the thing you do not want right now, and you have it. And could it all come look, crashing down? That's all. Look, that's I, all. trust me. But, but trust every me. team that plays against them does the same thing. We're going to make Zach Eady guard a million pick and rolls. That's what we're going to do. We're going to put him in a million pick and rolls, and we're going to try to wear him down. Yeah. It doesn't work. At the end of the game, mm-hmm. they still throw him the ball, and he still scores. Right? He's, like it, 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 he's it, gotten it, so like, much better on that end, Matt. Yeah, like he's no gotten question. so much better on that end. He moves well. He moves well. Yes. No doubt. No. Trevor, can I run through a couple of things that we didn't touch on? Yes. And, by the way, St. Mary's just hit likely the game winning shot with 0.3 seconds yep. left. But yes, Ooh. go for it. All right. A couple things that I just want to mention. Uh, number one, Keontae Johnson uh, plays against his former school, Florida, goes for a double double in Kansas State's uh, win uh, in Manhattan. Charleston loses. Uh, I was at that game today uh, at home to Hofstra. Snaps the longest winning streak in the country, 20-game winning streak. Now FAU has the longest winning streak in the country. Uh, congrats to Dusty May for that one. And congrats to Hofstra. Um, they, they played great today. They made every shot. Aaron Estrada was awesome in the first half. And then the second half, all he did was distribute to his teammates, and they made plays. Um, what else? NC State. DJ Burns mm-hmm. was a man child in there. Like literally it looks like he's playing in the YMCA. Uh, he's so big and he's just got these kind of methodical, slow post moves, but he had 31 and nine in what honestly could be a win that gets NC state to the NCAA tournament at the end of the they, day. We they were in, they were, at that one. they were, they were a 10 seed on, uh, on, right. on fielding the 68. Yep. And that win Again, just gives them a little bit of breathing room that they're probably going to need at the end of the day. Those are the wins. A road win like that against another team that might not even be a tournament team, but might be an NIT team, which Wake probably will be, still is is because a loss there, just it's just an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity that you took advantage of on the road with a league road win against a pretty good team, not a bottom feeder. I, I got one that really stood out to me. It was in the ACC. Um, Miami melting away uh, like a, yeah, a game that they were pretty much in control of at Pitt. Isaiah Wong, you're supposed to be your veteran guard, supposed to be your star player, supposed to be the guy that makes the right decisions, had two turnovers and a bad shot in the last 35 seconds. They were up by six with a minute and a half left. They were up by double digits in the second half and managed to lose that game. Yeah, I, I'll say another one too, Clemson. One point win over Florida State, mm-hmm. finding a way to win that game, um, to yep. kind of hold serve in the ACC. I mean, again, 
every game is not going to be pretty. You, yeah. But finding ways to win is how you win a championship. You think and, they did it? You think they did it for Brevin Galloway in his testicles or not? <laughs> can we, can we talk that about up, that? Huh? Did you really we have talk, to bring that up? Did can we, we, have can we talk about that? that? No, yes, we it's do. It's one we of the greatest okay. like the, 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 the TMZ video. Is that what we're talking about right now? Yes. We're, we're going to dive into that. Listen, listen. It is, I mean, when you make it on TMZ, you know you've made it. Hey, McCall, what would you have done? If a player posted that, would you have ignored it? Would you have called him, sat him down? Obviously not last night or two nights ago because he was drugged up. But but what, did he post it or did his girlfriend post it or his fiance? I don't know who, who took who, it. Yeah, I don't know who took the video. His, who posted I'm, the video? His his uh, his, I believe it was his fiance that took the video that? because the just I don't know it. I'm just I'm guessing based off of who like. <laughs> who else would be sitting there like having like handing him the drug? Like if you're in the hospital and you just have emergency surgery, I'm gonna go ahead and assume that your fiance or your girlfriend or your boyfriend could have been one or whoever of his it is boys just being no, like, hey man, could have been tell me the story, no right? Tell me the no story. I, I think yeah. you have to bring him in and have a conversation and just like be careful what you post, man. Like just be yeah. careful. Like, right? Like yeah, I mean you don't want you don't want stuff like this. Like you're 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 trying to have a career playing the game, like I mean, it was all it was all over everything. It was on. I mean, he made it on TMZ. Right? I mean, that's like think about that. But like, you know, it's a big deal when you make it on TMZ. It was like, look, Britney Spears and the cops show up to his house, and then that story. Like it was like the, the headlines of TMZ. It's. I don't think it's that big of a deal, and he, but he's kind of lucky that the mistake that he made was something funny instead of something dumb. Right. Right. No so much. you probably want to sit in touch like too. This was funny. Like yeah, I'm not just... mad at you, but like No, are you okay? To... Are you are you okay? That's that's the first yeah. thing. Are you is everything good? <laughs> we better... but, uh, <laughs> <but> when, <laughs> when you have that much drugs flowing through your system, which you very obviously do. Don't have like, your phone out and don't have yeah, anyone don't be posted. And don't, don't have anyone video shit. you. Like no, like no, no. I will tell you this: if my if my balls have had erupted or exploded or whatever exploding, testicular exploding, torsion, exploding, exploding cojones, yes, yes. which Goodman says that the medical like, if that had happened to me, I, I I'm not gonna lie, I probably would have had a lot of drugs going through my system as well. Just, <laughs> that sounds so fucking. If painful, you had man. ever, hey, all I know is if you had ever posted any video like that, man, I mean. And this kid, too. Like, nobody's ever going to forget this. Like, Brevin no. Galloway, you're just going to think about exploding balls. That's it's it. it's going to be, anytime you Google his name from now on, it's going to be TMZ, my balls exploding. exploded. And then it's going to be, like, his ESPN profile for the rest oh of his life. God, it's, it's so funny. But you know what? You know what he's going to think? He's going to look at his phone yesterday and today and be like, holy crap, look at all the followers I gained. It worked. Mm -hmm. It worked. That's what they're thinking. They they can make more money off it. Monetization of of the. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, watch. Uh, That's what yeah, they're thinking. I, I would be very frustrated with my girlfriend, fiance, whoever she was, whoever took the video. We don't need this. We don't. Why are we taking this video in this moment of time? We don't need it. All right, Trevor. Brevin, Brevin Galloway, friend of After Dark, by the way, as of a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, we had him on. Yo, yo, hold on, hold on. Send up a Why couple here. Hail, Hail Mary, Trevor. We need to send a couple of Hail Marys for Jalen Wilson, who just came on the show tonight. <laughs> he said, please stay healthy, deuces. Uh, Edward asks, what were your guys' thoughts on NC State picking up another big win today? Good, man. 
They're good. Huge, yeah. Huge. How could hey, hey, Goodman, I know you had a relationship with Jarkel Joyner. Did you know that he was this good? No, no, I had no idea. I mean, I thought he was a little bit of a chucker, to be honest. But you know what? They got multiple dudes that can make plays off the bounce. They got a big in there that's just you can't move him and he's super skilled. Um they got it and they've been without Jack Clark, who they liked a lot. They thought he was a He's not really a face-up four because he doesn't shoot it well enough, but that's what they were hoping he'd be, and at least he's a good piece. He's talented. So I think, I think Kevin yeah. Keats has saved his job. I mean, listen, Brad Burnell saved his job. Kevin Keats saved his job. Oh, Jeff Capel the, the, saved their the job. Goodman hot seat. Here it is. All these guys have saved the Goodman, the Goodman yeah. hot seat. There might be some hey, coming out early this week. By the way, I just saw I just saw the uh, uh, rewind it to to watch the actual replay of the shot that yeah. St. Mary's hit it to win. That was a ridiculous shot. Was it? I don't know. It was the it was the, the floppy the floppy haired freshman. I, I, I oh, love name. him. I love him. He's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, anything else? Someone ch- someone put in the chat. Brevin Galloway, explosive on and off the court. <laughs> um, is it too early to count Michigan and Ohio State officially out of the tournament picture? Uh, Ohio, Ohio State, Ohio State right now is probably like officially out. Whereas I, I would look at Michigan as a team that is can can still make. You a think run. Ohio State can't turn it around? They might be able to. They just don't really guard at all. I mean, the problem is right now you're talking about a team. Now again, you're three and seven. You're three and seven in the league. You got Wisconsin next. Then you go at Michigan, Northwestern, Michigan State at home. Now, if you win those four, again, obviously mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. But if you reel off those four, you are right back up. And that's the only thing about some of these leagues. And the Big Ten is one of them. Every game, every game. Arkansas did it last year in the SEC. If you remember at the beginning of league play, every game was kind of a resume type game. That, that if you went on a run of four or five in a row, you can get right back in it. There are a lot of leagues you can't do that, right? ACC, you cannot do that right Dude, now. Big, yeah. big 12 and Big 10, you can do it. I, I just, and, and you know, I just like looked, I took a deeper look at, at Michigan's resume. Like, they, it's got nothing. Dude, they, they got nothing. They, they, they have a long way to go. Holy yeah, they, shit. I did not realize they're 0 they, 7 they against quad one. They're 0 7 against quad one, and they have a quad four loss. Who is their quad four loss? Said, I, oh, I forgot I just, about that. I just think yeah. you're at this point too, you're ten games into league play. It's like, man, that's a that's a that's a challenge, right? You're sitting here mm-hmm. three and seven, ten games into league play. Like right. flipping right. that is it's it's gonna be hard. It's, it's kind of you are who you are at this point, right? Like I see, mm-hmm. it, I, I think like you're, right. you're if you're if you're sitting here and you're you know five and five. Yeah. Four and six, yeah. and it's like, hey, we win the next two. Now we're above five hundred. I think it's a. Th- I just can't. But three and it. seven, you're like, man, this is this is this is I'm who shocked. we are. I'm shocked. I you gotta know? say, I'm shocked about this. Probably the biggest surprise of any team for me this year is this Ohio State team because I thought they were good early. Yeah, Bryce Sensible is a stud, dude. Like yeah. in terms of the 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 freshmen in college basketball this year, that that are the best offensive players, like. Brandon Miller's number one, yeah, Bryce and Bryce Sensabaugh's number two. Yeah. Like that, he can't. He has no idea what he's doing defensively, but like that dude is an absolute bucket. He's yeah. so like he, he's got it all. He's got everything. He's got the mid post. He's got the pull up. He shoots like forty five percent from three. You know, he can get to the rim. He can dunk on you. Like, he's got everything. 
he's a, he's, I, he's, he's a stud, man. Like you ask Goodman, like, is there a way to get him back? I, I, I maybe I'm crazy here, but I would take him borderline lottery, like top yeah, twenty. I mean, I mean, he might. He's just at, he, the, at the lowest. I mean, he's a big, strong dude who can you can put him in the NBA now, and and he, physically he can at least handle it. I, you know, again, I just look at uh, Branham from last year. They're to, totally different players, but like Branham can't play in the. I mean, I don't know. I again, I just don't know if if. If he'll go that high, Brandon's got a higher ceiling than this kid. You know who we haven't talked about today who? Who? that I think we need to mention and is not getting nearly enough conversation nationally right now? Baylor. Baylor's won six in a row. They would. They are one shot away from beating TC at home and one shot away from beating Kansas State at home. But if they make both those shots, they, they would have won eight in a row. Uh, the six-game winning streak includes um, Kansas at home, Arkansas at home today, West Virginia, who looked pretty good against Auburn, Oklahoma State, who looked pretty good against Ole Miss, Oklahoma, who looked pretty good against Alabama. Like, this Baylor team, I don't know if they get any stops, but, man. Goodman, you want to talk about guard play? The best, the best, the best trio maybe in the country. Are they? Is that the best backcourt in college basketball, you think? Offensively, yes. Not defensively, but offensively. I mean, I'm telling you, every time prior – and, and Flagler shoot the ball. I think it's going in every time. And then Keontae, when he's on, it's like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's so smooth. He, I don't know who he is. I mean, I remember seeing him in AAU, and I was like, he's got a little Brad Beal. He's got a little Donovan Mitchell. Just smooth. And he's not as explosive play. as those dudes. No, not as Donovan. Brad Brad is not like incredibly explosive. Ooh. Like he just. You think he's incredibly – he's smooth. Brad, 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 Brad's pretty explosive. I thought Brad yeah. was more smooth and just knew how to play and could move the ball. The the the, the similarities to me are Keontae knows how to play, and even though he's more of an off guard, he know, he can make people better, and that was Brad. Brad, yeah, no question. Still does. Right, right. Still does. Uh, what else? You want to go to our uh, our, our toast? Or is there any more questions? You said we got a lot of questions in the chat, Trevor. If there's anything else that people, anything good, what do we got, people? We've got. We got? Oh, can we hold on? We got to give it. I've got to give a shout out to Texas Tech. Oh yeah, Goodman, Goodman, your boys, your boys. We had several people asking that. about Jeff's tweets about Texas Tech. But mistakenly, and I was at the Charleston game, and and uh, I called it. I said that they got their first Big Twelve win. And uh, and they didn't obviously they did not LSU I, I do know I do know LSU is in the SEC by the way I do know that and people thought I was I was messing with them people thought I was I was just messing with Texas Tech uh, I did not but what I will say is even though they beat LSU LSU stinks I said this early in the year they they're not good they they shouldn't be good he took over a program that had nobody um, Texas they Tech, lost their man. point guard he's gone right. I said, like, Texas Tech, I've never seen a coach, the perception of a coach change with the fan base so quickly as it has with Mark Adams. They love this dude last year. Remember, remember them telling me, like, it was all Mark Adams. Chris Beard had nothing to do with any of the success in Lubbock. It was all Mark Adams uh, when he was the assistant. And now it's like, well, Mark Adams can't. What what could have what could have happened that would have changed their opinion of Mark Adams, Goodman? What could have? Well, what do you think I happened? I think there's in- several things. I think they, they've gone <laughs> zero and eight in the league. 
I, I think they've spent a lot of money on NIL on two guys that have not delivered in Fardaw is being hurt and Kerwin Walton, who has not provided anything for the most part. Uh, and I think, honestly, I think part of it is, again, he, he's a 65-year-old dude who's not going to work. Like, you have to – I'm not saying he doesn't work. I'm not going to say he doesn't work. But he doesn't work at a level that you need to work to sustain it in Lubbock, Texas. You have to mm-hmm. outwork dudes. Chris Beard did that. You can say whatever you want about him now, but the dude outworked almost everybody. He was relentless. And I think you have to be – to keep it at a high level in Lubbock, Texas, at Texas Tech. So, again, listen, I said it when he was that, hired. That's, that's the biggest hire. thing. Right. That's the biggest thing is, like, when when you're – when you are – it doesn't matter what the business is, right? It doesn't matter if it's college coaching, if it's media, if it's being a lawyer, if it's whatever it is. Like, when you are that age and approaching retirement age and you lock in a guaranteed deal that's going to essentially be, like, retirement money, the, the motivation to keep – to keep pushing at the same level it's just it's it's hard man yes, yes you know it, yes. It, it's it's hard and like i'm not i'm not i don't want i don't want the texas tech fans and i don't want like if mark is well i know that they they watch some of these shows like i don't want it to sound like i'm saying like he's fucking lazy and not no. doing his job and all this it's just right. it, it's it's hard like once once you realize that you're going to be set it, it just it the motivation kind of is different you know everything is financial man and, and especially once you start off like two three four losses McCall looks like he's falling asleep over there he's like shut the hell up guys I'm trying, yeah, we I'm trying. We'll, we we'll, we'll close it out with this Yuli wants to know what Rob is going to do oh Yuli what Rob's going to do when, when UConn loses in the first round are they even going to get to the tournament are they even going to get there okay so um, I I said this the other day. So I I I feel as felt about UConn moving forward after the second half against Xavier as I have probably since like this losing run started. And the reason why is that uh, Danley finally tweaked something offensively, and the change was moving Andre Jackson to the four spot. They put him as a screener. They put him as the guy making the handoffs and the dribble handoffs. They made it so that the guy guarding him is engaged in every offensive action so that you can't just help off. And the issue uh, with with everything that they were doing offensively is that the guy guarding Andre would just stand in front of Adama Sonogo. So he's double teamed before he catches the ball. So they found a way to negate that offensively, which keeps Andre Jackson engaged, which keeps him on the fucking floor instead of playing 25 minutes. Now you can play him 38 minutes. He's the most disruptive defender in college basketball. And what we saw in the second half was there like his ability to change the game with the defense. So who knows what's going to happen from here, but they found an answer. They have six days between their next, between Xavier and their next game. game. Then they get to Paul and Georgetown. So, like, they basically have two weeks of games that they should be, like, to to figure out how to make this work with Andre in this new role. So, we'll see what ends up happening. But, I mean, if they lose in the first round, you know what I'll do? I'll just go home and I'll uh, search up YouTube and I'll look at the 2014 national title game. The 2011 national title game, Yuli, you might not remember that, but that came against your guys. Then I'll look up the 2004 national title game. Then I'll look up the 1999 t- national keep, title you game. You have to keep bringing up the 2014 national title game. Yeah, you just keep yeah, and that I, that's all. That's all I'm going to do is I'm just going to go watch these national titles that my team has won in my lifetime since I can remember it. And uh, yeah, that's all. All right, let's do our toast. Toast. First up, 
Mr. McCall, go ahead. What you you know what, man? I'm going to toast my guy, David Lee, NBA All-Star, yeah. played at the University of Florida. He took me out to Grove 23 today, Michael Jordan's course. Unbelievable experience. I got to toast David, say thanks to you, man. That was awesome. So toast to David Lee. Hey, David Bull, Lee was a stud. You, you, buried, you buried the lead there. What else, what else happened on the golf course? What else did you see? Oh, I saw Mark Wahlberg was out there. He was playing out at the Grove 23 today. Him and DJ Khaled were in the group uh, in DJ front of us. Uh, <laughs> he was out there smacking it around a little bit. That dude's annoying as hell. DJ Khaled? You know a big DJ Khaled guy? Goodman's internet ran, ran out. Yeah, there you go. He ran out of minutes. Um, <laughs> all right. So he's definitely he's definitely not a big DJ Khaled guy. So I'll go next on my toast. Uh, I'm going to go with the Zulus Tubelis. Um, we talk a lot about Trace Jackson Davis's season, and we talk a lot about Jalen Wilson's season. And obviously, we talk about a lot about Zach Eadie's season. This dude is averaging basically 20 points. He's averaging 19.8 points. 9.6 boards, shooting 45% from three, 56% from the floor, 76% from the free throw line for a team that is in and around the top 10 the whole year, that looks like as good as anybody on the West Coast, that looks like a team that can, you know, make a deep run. We don't talk it nearly enough about how good Azulus Tubelis is. So that's my toast. Cheers, Azulus Tubelis. And cheers to Jeff Goodman, who made the decision to jump off of the Zoom for Matt McCall, for producer Trevor, Jeff Goodman can go fuck himself. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.